Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. Everybody's got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. <laughs> It's a 170. That was money. I think he's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. What is up, guys? Are you pumped from that intro or what? Dude, that just gets me jacked every time. Here we go. Another week, another podcast. We had the modern bow hunter on this week. Um, real glad this guy can come on. Uh, you guys got to check out his his Facebook. He's a pretty talented writer, even though he says that he really isn't. I think he's real good. Um, we're about to hurt some feelings on this mo- yeah. this this episode. I mean, there's some there's some stuff on here we talk about that uh, you know is a little bit different than what we normally talk about on this podcast. But I think it's cool that we went over it. Um, we talk about, you know, uh, we talk quite a bit about how about, you know, people putting down people for shooting smaller deer or shooting something they wouldn't shoot. You know, I think that's something that happens a lot. And, uh, I've, I've, I'm glad it we sucks. covered it. it it's, yeah. it's the bad, it's the bad part of hunting. Yeah, it, it is. is. And I'm glad we covered it, you know, and I, like, like I say multiple times, most of the people are doing good things out there. But it all it takes is one bad person or one person to bring down a whole post. But um like I said, make sure and check out his Facebook, Instagram. Um I I think this guy, I mean, he's been around for a year, he's got a really good following already. This guy's gonna grow to be 
be pretty big, I think. And uh, I'm super glad he came on. Um, message behind this one, man, eat what you shoot. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I, I think that's a good message, you know. Uh, and be proud of it. Yeah, and be proud of what you shoot, you know. A lot, anybody out there that's listening that, uh, you know, is just a gun hunter and gets, gets, you know, gets down for that, don't listen to the haters, man. We got haters. We don't listen to them. You know, we, we you hear us shout them out a lot, you know, and, and we get we get heat from, them, but we don't care, cause uh, cause they're they're always gonna be there no matter what you do. Yeah, so. you could you could have a hater and then you change it up to make them happy, and then you gonna just piss somebody else off. So yeah. just do whatever you want to do, man. So we're glad we could put this episode out for you guys. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. It's uh, like I said, it's gonna be a little bit different than what we're used to, but uh. I'm glad we did it. It was a lot of fun. So let's get into the people that make this podcast possible. Who do you want to start with first? I want to start with Ingram. Like Ingram? I know yeah. we were just up there. We were just up there, man. He was freaking mounting that buck right in front of us. Uh, if you guys follow the Instagram, you got the time lapse. Facebook, Facebook, you got the time lapse of it, I did. That was time lapse? I thought that was just him normal. Oh, uh, yeah. It was just <laughs> turbo speed. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, just as dude. Every time we go up there, I just like Ingram more. He's just a super cool, yeah. chill dude, you know? Like I always say, you got a taxidermist and a best friend. Because he'll be a friend to anybody, you know? And and uh, What taxidermist is going to let somebody bring a two-year-old up there and just run around the shop for yeah, three hours? Yeah, I know. It's just, it's just super cool. Took the kid up there, showed him, showed him some deer, showed him a couple racks, and then, uh, you know, showed him ghost, you know... He we got we got the side by side from last year. Yeah, kind of hurt my feelings there because I was pretty sure I had you beat. Pretty sure I had you beat. It's pretty equal. Yeah, I want to get I want to get the trophy tape back on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the I my my butt it didn't score very well. But yeah, it's great deer. Yeah, they're both they're both really solid deer. Yep. I just just the side by side look. Mm. Mm. We'll see what they look like. Not looking good for me. We'll see look what they look like mounted. I'm excited. Oh, oh, well, they're both gonna look big mounted. I can yeah. tell you that. Yeah. So we're so dude. The buck he was mounting there was a stud, <sighs> and he was just like he was speed. I mean, the time lapse looks fast, but he was speeding through it. And the when I got that finished pick of that buck, I was like, dude, it's just it's crazy how much he's like. Like you see mounts and they're all the same, all the same. He is getting better, like every mount he does. Well, from the time I left Saturday night till like well, you took that picture Sunday night or Monday. Yeah, I mean just the amount that it changed there, because he got the he got the detail in the neck going yeah. later as it was drying out. Got oh, the brisket out, brisket yeah. all detailed. I mean just oh man, dude, it was. I took a close up pic of my buck's eye work. Yeah. Tonight and man, it's it's good. We can't say enough about Ingram. Um we hope we hope to be uh doing something pretty special with him and, and promoting him on Facebook here soon. Um let's get into ECW calls. We hope to be doing something pretty special with him and, and oh, promoting yeah. him too. Oh and, yeah. And uh we uh we uh we end up giving him some huge news for partnering with the podcast. Uh he's super excited. Um, gonna make a effect on on a lot of people and uh, be a big promotion tool for him and uh, 
just doing good things, you know. Yeah, all everybody, everybody here, you know, that's what we're trying to do is do do good things, good people, get in contact with good people. Yep, yeah, and that's I mean, like we always say, we can, our our partners are just unbelievable. Just, man, they're baller, man. That's all I can say. They're just straight up. They're just straight up awesome people. And to believe in us when we were just, you know, just starting out and small and, and you know. We're still small. I know. We're you know? tiny. <laughs> it's just tiny compared to whatever else is out there. But we can't say enough about ECW calls. Excited to use them this season. Grunting and rattling. It's going to be oh, yeah. a good time. Let's talk about the, the, the veteran, the VIP. What you got? Dude. We use their broadhead to shotgun a beer tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's homie's birthday tonight, um, so we're looking around for something to shotgun a beer with, and they're laid a veteran. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, cut the can clean in half. <laughs> <laughs> got a pass-through on a yeah. solid 12-ouncer. Got, got a pass-through through a bush light can. No, yeah, we use it. We use it. We do not promote you using that. But we did do that tonight, and it worked great. <laughs> We're not saying, you know, you should do it, but we did it, and it works good. Just if anybody is at that, you know, <laughs> pental moment in their life where they need to shotgun something, <laughs> and there's a veteran broadhead laying around, it'll do the job. <laughs> all, all you need is a tip. Yep, that's all you need. That's all we use. So that's the best marketing line we've ever used <laughs> Matt's gonna be super impressed on this one guys so but been all honesty uh <laughs> they're doing awesome stuff man they got a lot of stuff coming out we're we're excited about um just to just to be be along for the ride and uh what's super cool is we've we've grown this connection with Matt and we've become friends with him and now we're gonna get to spend years with him and his company as he grows, you know, watching us grow, and I can't say enough about Matt. That guy is a—he's a super big prom- promoter of this podcast. I mean, he's sharing everything. He's supporting us. He's messaging us and giving us ideas and and stuff like that. I mean, just just awesome. You know what's even better? Tomorrow, you can buy your veterans at Walmart. I thought it was the fifth. Yeah, that would be tomorrow after this podcast is out. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's always on it, man. Ryan, he's always on it. It's his birthday. He should be hammered right now, and he's still on the dates. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, hopefully we got a commercial coming out from ECW at Walmart. I'm hoping. we can Veteran. Make that veteran. Or veteran. God dang, man. <laughs> I'm stumbling on my words bad tonight, man. But, yep. We can't say enough about you, Matt. He's a... He's another baller. That's all he I is. Say. Yeah, we got a special uh, VIP veteran broadhead shout out to tonight. It's going to be the guest of the podcast's dad. It'd be Chuck Gadsby. He was stationed in Fort Leonard Wood, North Carolina. That's where uh, the the guest was born. North oh, yeah? Carolina. Yeah. Well, he did a little moving on us. Yep. Chuck was uh, Marine Corps. As a Lance Corporal, 1986 to 1990. Thank you, Chuck. Uh, we hope you listen. Um, your son did a killer job, and he's doing a killer job uh, putting a good face to, to bow hunting and uh, online uh, presence. Um, we hope you enjoy. 
and uh, we can't say enough for your service. Thank you from everybody here at White Toe Legacy, Chuck. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. Like I said, it's going to be a little different than what we normally do. A little bow ethics, a little uh, spread some love on social media instead of some hate. And uh, if you if you hunt, support it. If your buddy hunts and he hunts different than you, support that because that's how he does it. That's all we can say, right? That is right. All right. We love you guys. Here we go. What is up, everybody? We got Jeremiah Gadsby on the line. How's it going, man? What's up, guys? Where are you calling from? Franklin, Pennsylvania. Ooh, Pennsylvania. I've never been to Pennsylvania. You in the mountains? Or? Uh, not too much in the mountains. We got some good rolling hills, but in the northwest part. Nice. I've never been to Pennsylvania either, yeah. but... Uh... I don't understand how they call the Appalachian Mountains mountains. Like just like you said, they're all like just hit big, big ass hills. That's all they are. Yeah, there's where it comes through in the middle of the state. There's some good sized hills, but I wouldn't really call any of them mountains. <laughs> yeah, like the Rockies. That's that's mountains. Yeah, for sure. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man. This is gonna be a fun show. Uh, what what yeah, we got going on? Being. You want to slide that over here so I can look at it? Oh yeah, sorry. Oh, oh, you're live. <laughs> All right, yeah. Okay, homies, homies, mouthing me right at the get go here. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get let's get off with it, and let's just start out with kind of your hunting history and how you got into it, and your journey in bow hunting so far. All right, well, I am 30 years old now. I've been hunting since I was 10. I started out squirrel hunting with my dad in Ohio. And first year I hunted, that's all I did was went out, shot a squirrel, and that was the whole first year. And the second year I went deer hunting. And the first two years, or three years I hunted were in Ohio. Shotgun only for deer, which really isn't that fun. And didn't get anything. And then uh, my parents split up after that, and... Both my parents are from Pennsylvania, so my mom moved back here, and I started rifle hunting here, got my first deer when I was 13, 14, and just rifle hunted all throughout my teenage years and into my early 20s. Always wanted to get into bow hunting, but I'd always think about it when hunting season was in, and it was too late by that point had other things on my mind in the springtime and never did it. Well, when I was 24, my wife and I had moved to Ohio and shotgun season there. First day I went through a whole box of shells and didn't touch a deer (laughs) (laughs) and decided the next spring I was getting a bow because the shotgun thing just wasn't working for me. So I got into bow hunting then and pretty much haven't looked back. But it was definitely a big journey getting into from the start. And I didn't have any guidance really going into it. My dad wasn't into archery. Nobody I really knew was into archery. I just knew that it was something I wanted to do to expand my season and 
hopefully give me a better shot over a slug gun. So the first couple of years were pretty rough and unsuccessful, but definitely learned a lot. And with not having anybody to really teach me or guide me along the way, thank God for the internet. YouTube, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. YouTube. Uh, found some good guys on there that I started to follow along with and pick up some tips and once you start down that rabbit hole, it seems like it never ends, and you just keep going with it. And now I'm just basically completely obsessed with it. Still not the most successful, but over the past two seasons, I've turned my luck around pretty good and made a couple things happen. But I just, just shooting a bow, I don't know, I love it. It's Rifle hunting was always fun, but it doesn't compare to archery at all. No, yeah, yesterday I shot, was it yesterday or the day before? Day before. Yeah, day before I shot 80 shots, and uh, I shot 20 yesterday, just trying to get a feel for season, you know, but I had something about it that's fun. My uh, my little boy is starting to get involved now, so that's fun, but when, mm -hmm. you, when you started out, you talked about small game, and I think that's where pretty much everybody starts. That's where, like, it gets instilled. My my dad wasn't a hunter either, so I learned all you know all bow hunting and stuff by myself. But the guy who owned a bait shop rabbit hunted a lot, and that was the first person that I actually went hunting with. Yeah. And then uh, I got some buddies that that got into bow hunting, and one of them sold me a a seventy pound dart and bow, and I was probably like twelve. I could barely pull it back, and I remember I used to get <laughs> off school and like try to pull it back, you know, over and over, and then mm -hmm. I finally got it, you know, and. I probably had like seven different arrow links, a couple different broadheads, you know. <laughs> but uh, I ended up shooting a little basket rack eight pointer, and then it was game over for me after that. So, but yeah, once you get that first one down, man, that's it goes from there. Yeah, just like you said, um, going back there, you know, you didn't really have any guidance when you got into bow hunting, and you know that's kind of like me. You know, my older brother bow hunted, but you know we're five, six years apart in age and you know he had bow hunted quite a bit and uh so then i got a bow when i was 16 and um you know it didn't take me long to figure out that it's not quite just like shotgun hunting you know it's because shotgun hunting you know you're around you're hunting around the rut but when you get a bow here in illinois you can go out there october 1st and uh it can be slow at times it didn't take me long <laughs> to figure that out yeah well that's the thing too like i prefer the early season i mean the deer are somewhat still in a summer pattern, and it seems, I think you can kind of knock, narrow them down a little better. When you get closer to the rotten, it just, it's all luck at that point, pretty much. When's Pennsylvania season start? This year, it's September 29th. It's usually Ooh. the first Saturday in October. Yeah. This year, it's a little bit earlier. That's cool. Give you a couple extra days. Yeah. Yeah, it seems, I just looked at the schedule the other day, and it seems like it's a little bit longer this year. Well, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm glad that Illinois is like, it's October 1st every year, year after year. You know, you don't have to wait until like the 6th of October one year, and then the next year it's like October 2nd is what you're saying, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it could be, it's a different day pretty much every year. But we can't have Sunday hunting, so if we had a set day and it fell on a Sunday... We, we couldn't go out. 
That's insane to me. No Sunday honey. I yeah, mean, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of the crucial days for working men to get out, you know, and, and chase them. You know, you can get out, you know, if you're like me and you go, you can get out before church. You get that late church, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, then, 10.30 service. Yeah, yeah, you could get out in the morning and hunt, you know, so that's major for for working class guys out there. Do you have any idea of why they pass that or? Uh, I don't really no i mean it's been, that's been the way it's been for a long time and i read something not too long ago about it you know back when the quakers were here and it was a religious thing you know you take sunday off for a day of rest and all that and it's just always been that way since they've been pushing for it for several years and the game commission's all for it they they are on the hunter side when it comes to trying to get it passed through the state but it just hasn't got passed yet. So hopefully sometime they'll do it. But as of right now, no Sunday. And it sucks for the working man. I mean, I got, luckily with my job, I got a pretty flexible schedule. As long as I put my 40 hours in, my boss doesn't really care what hours I work. So if I can, if I can go into work at four o'clock in the morning, I can get off at noon and have all afternoon but nice. if i gotta stay until if i gotta go in at seven and work till three thirty, then you know when the season starts getting later i don't have hardly any time after work to get out there and you know by the time i get to the woods and then get prepared get cleaned up and descented from being in a machine shop all day you know i ain't got much time yeah, I love early season. You get off work and you throw your throw your gear in your Oz bag and hit the road and you're ready to go hunting, man. I, I like that that you get that extra time in the morning and uh, or in the evening. I'm sorry, get that extra time after work early season when that daylight saving times hit, man. It's like, well, that's done. You know, <laughs> yeah, evening hunts yeah. are done. So when the season starts, I mean, I got till seven thirty, eight o'clock, and then you hit that daylight savings time, and days are getting shorter as it is. I'm cut down to five thirty or six real quick. Yep, for sure. I keep forgetting that you guys are an hour ahead of us when we were scheduling this. I'm like, okay, he's an hour ahead. So <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I'm excited about this episode because we're going to talk about you know a lot of times we tell hunting stories on here, but this one's going to be we're going to talk a lot about uh, you know ethics of hunting, uh, different thought processes, different you know different preparation ways of bow hunting so i think this is going to be a cool episode to kind of switch it up mm -hmm. so uh what do you want to cover first man this is your show well <laughs> <laughs> you get into all that and the way i was always brought up with hunting it's for food and not everybody puts that first and i don't have a problem with other people's views, you know, it's a free country, everybody can do what they want, it's fine. But in my opinion, if you're gonna go out and take the life of another living creature, there should be a good reason for it other than the size of the rack. And I think that that's what a lot of hunting has come to now and it's sad to see. And I think that 
with all the anti and non-hunters out there, the way that it's portrayed to them is that's what hunting is all about. It's all about the trophy. It's all about just putting antlers on the wall, and that's it. Nobody ever shows, very few people ever show the food part of it, which is, in my opinion, the biggest part of it. So to them, they have a bad representation shown, and only something like 6% of the population in America are hunters. So when the other 94% have a bad image of it, and this is democracy, everything comes to a vote, we could lose this real quick. It's a privilege, it's not a right. And that's been shown in numerous occasions over and over again with bans on baiting bears or hunting bears or mountain lions with dogs or whatever. If people have a bad image of it, they're going to vote against it. And this isn't something that we as hunters want to lose, nor as conservationists can afford to lose because really hunting drives conservation 99%. Nobody puts in more money for habitat restoration or wildlife management than hunters do with license fees, tags, the taxes on guns and ammunition, bows and arrows and all that. In 1937, hunters implied or uh, suggested that a higher tax was put on all this stuff to go for conservation. I mean, all the anti-hunters and uh, animal activists, they go out and they talk a big talk, but they don't really do anything. It's us putting that money in. So if we lose that, then nothing's going to get done. And we can't afford that. No, most so def- I think- oh, go ahead. I said most definitely not. You know, I, I'm right there with you. I uh, I don't buy any burger at my house. We I haven't bought burger for three or four years. Honestly, I can honestly say that we just don't eat it. We eat deer. Um, yeah. You know we uh, we eat a lot of deer. We eat a lot of turkey if I can kill them. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, mushrooms, man. We eat any kind of mushrooms that you can pick from the woods. We eat them. You know, not just burrells. Mm-hmm. We chickens, hens, and we eat them all, you know, and I think, like you said, I think that is lost with a lot. The market trend, you know, big bucks sell product, and uh, that's the same thing with with anything, you know. I mean, uh, broadheads, sites, I mean, any marketing brand that you can think of has a picture of a big buck, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, just, just... it's just what sells, you know, but it's like you said, it is sad, and it. I understand why people want to chase big deer, because we all want to, you know, it's the... It's the challenge of beating a mature animal, you know, at its own game. And uh, like I tell people, if I were to shoot shoot just for me, I'd be done hunting the second time I went out. You know, I'd be tagged out for the year. So uh, I understand why people do do go for the big deer, but it would be better if people, you know, if 
people showed, you know, showed the meat side, showed the processing side, showed people what we actually do after, you know, after the kill. And I think since you said that, that's something we're going to try to do more with our social media. Yeah. And, yeah. and not only, you know, just if you, if you don't eat the meat, but you still love hunting and you love getting out there and experiencing it, there's plenty of food pantries and every everything like that that's yep. going to be more than happy to take take the meat from you and you know just just like when somebody goes over to africa and hunts some some game over there you know they're feeding entire villages for a while yeah with all them animals you know yeah Yeah. that's that's africa is a whole that's a whole different world there but you're right like everybody here has a big fit about people going over and hunting in africa which i myself have no interest in doing there's just nothing there that appeals to me but Africa's economy is nothing like ours at all. People go there and they spend tens of thousands of dollars to go hunt these animals. And yeah, you can't bring the meat back. And some of the animals, you can't even bring the head back. But all of that meat gets utilized to feed the villages there. And all of the money that gets spent goes to protecting that wildlife like they have all these high fence places there to keep poachers out it's not to keep animals in it's to keep poachers out because poaching is ridiculous there and people here don't understand how things are there i don't i don't know a whole lot about it myself but i mean i have a better view from doing research in it than people that just act off of emotion it's not what it's presented to be yeah but yeah i feel you i don't have i respect people that want to go out and shoot a bigger mature animal i can see the challenge in that but i don't in my opinion is that should not be i don't think that should really be the goal i mean I'm not going to pass up a smaller buck that comes in just because his rack size is smaller. It's going to put food on my table. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. And that's not for everybody. Yeah. I I understand both sides of of this argument or this, um, you know, issue. Um, Some people want to, you know, go brown it's down, you know, go ahead man um you know you you do that i'm gonna do i'm gonna hunt the way i want to hunt and i want to shoot the animal that i want to shoot and um i think one thing that gets um misconstrued in this whole issue is that everybody thinks that they got to do what they're doing like you have to hunt the way that i hunt because i said so well no it's not you you get to hunt the way that you hunt nobody's telling you how to hunt so go out and do your thing and let this guy go over here and do his thing you know yeah, and there's there's so much fighting and arguing around this topic on social media and in forums online and stuff. It's ridiculous. Like, if you're going to go out and hunt and you're going to take the life of an animal, do it for your own reasons. I don't care if you want to shoot it, if you're going to go out and chase a big buck, for the fact that it might be more of a challenge, that's fine and dandy. But don't put down 
other people that do it for their own reasons. When you pull the trigger on a gun or you release an arrow on a bow, you're making a decision to do it for whatever your reason is. And that's, that's your call. It's not up to anybody else. If you're doing it legally and ethically, do it how you want to do it. Yeah, that's what we say. We get, you know, there's a lot of, uh, like, negativity right now Now I'm seeing towards, like, crossbow hunters or uh, shotgun hunters, like, in our state, you know, that don't bow hunt. But like I said on this podcast before, you know, I know guys that can only hunt, you know, a couple, you know, with kids and work and stuff. They can only hunt a couple weekends a year. So, or they might only shotgun hunt. So if you only shotgun hunt, you're getting six days to shoot deer. I mean, it's a lot different yeah. than a bow hunter that can, you know, he can hunt 60 days. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, your options are pretty limited. So, I mean, that's why I, I have no, I always say, you know, if you hunt, you hunt the way you hunt, and I'll hunt the way I hunt. And I'm not one of those guys that have put down anybody because, you know, I think back when I started, and that's what I see a lot of, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, this is, you know, my first buck or something. And then people are like, oh, I gave him another year or something. Well, I don't know how many basket racks I killed. I mean, a ton. You know what I mean? I don't know how many spike bucks I killed, forked horns. It's just like the process that you go through. And like you're saying, with social media, there's like such a trend now that like it's so funny. I just it's like if it isn't, you know, 140, it's not a good deer, which just blows my mind, you know, or if it isn't if it isn't a five year old, it's not a good deer. You know, I, I don't get that, you know, if. And then what's really funny to me is when, you know, like you're saying, you know, don't do it. But then when someone does do it, people take it to heart. Like if someone says that to them, they can't just say, well, I'm going to hunt the way I hunt. They take it to heart and they have to, they have to like, uh, how, how do I want to say this? They have to prove their self of why they did it instead of saying, yeah. I bought a tag. This is what I wanted to shoot. You know, they yeah. have to like talk their way through of well i thought he was older or i thought he was bigger no if you shot the deer be proud of it and and uh you know you don't have to explain yourself over social media especially or you know there's there's podcasts where people have came on and done whole podcasts about you know shooting a small buck you know i just i just don't understand how how they they can't just be proud of it you know and like we always say we we got haters of this podcast you know let the haters hate man you're going to have haters yeah, exactly. no matter what you do. You just got to exactly. keep rolling. And those haters should be your motivation to just keep doing what you want to do because it doesn't matter. The average age of hunters right now, I'm not sure the exact number, but it's older than us. They're, it's like 50 to 60, 45, 55 yeah. age range. Yeah, the number That's that popped the, in my head was like 47, 48. Yeah, that's the average age of hunters, okay? And when only 6% of the population are hunters, when you're getting these newer people coming in and they're shooting smaller bucks and they're posting pictures on social media because they're all proud that they went out and they achieved something that no matter what age range the animal you shot is in, it's a difficult thing to do, no matter what. So any animal you take, is an achievement when they put that on social media and people are putting them down for it you're discouraging them from continuing to hunt and a lot of people will stop hunting because of that 
So if you have, if you're putting these people down and they're not going to hunt anymore, when the average age of the hunter is as high as it is, what's, what's going to be in 20 years? And for those of us that are our age, you know, in 20 years, if nobody else is doing it, we're going to lose it. It's going to be down to 2% of the population that hunts. Yep. It's going to be gone. It seems like there's less and less kids that are into hunting too, you know. Just like when I went to school, everybody hunted. Like that was just like a thing we did. I, I guess I grew up in southern Missouri, but like I go to my nephew's games up here, you know, and you can just you can tell none of their dads hunt, you know, and it's just not something they do. So, like you're saying, it is fading out, which is insane to me. That's such some, something that's so awesome can fade out. So, you know, a good message of this podcast could be, you know, tell someone about hunting that doesn't know or take someone, you know, it doesn't have to be deer hunting. Take them fishing or, you know, take them out roosting turkeys or just something, you know, to get, to get them to realize that you're not just going out there and blasting an animal, that there's, you know, work. And like you're saying, someone shoots, you know, someone shoots a basket rack eight and gets, gets mouth for it. Well, okay, whether it's his first year or not, he still had to buy arrows. He still had to buy broadheads. He's got to buy a bow. He's got to shoot that bow. He's got to go out, find a spot, hang a stand, whether it's public or not. you got to put in a ton of work to kill a deer no matter what. Yeah, it's not easy. (laughs) So, like you said, I mean, if a person's proud of it, the worst thing you could do is, is, you know, say something about it. And it seems like when a person shot, you know, five, six nice bucks – they lose that. Well, I used to shoot basket racks. You know, it's like they're a, a professional now. You know what I mean? And that's something we say on this podcast all the time. We're definitely not professionals <laughs> because I screw up all the time, dude. I it just, just if you don't screw up, you're not learning. You know? Oh, for sure. And each year, I'm getting a little bit more riskier in my techniques, trying new things. And sometimes I screw up major. You know? So I shared a whole story of where I screwed up. You know? So it's it happens. But the people aren't thinking about that. They're thinking about, well, I shot a 160 two years ago, so everybody should shoot a 160. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you, you're hunting, you're always going to keep learning. You're, there's no way you're ever going to master it. I mean, you're chasing an animal that lives in the wild 24-7, 365, and you're just out there for a very short amount of time. I mean, they're going to be better than you always yeah and i I think we're gonna get into it but you know just when uh you know say you shoot a deer and and then it runs off and it runs down into the thicket or you know runs down in the creek and then up the up the other side you know just think of how much they make it look easy you know and then you go down there following a blood trail and you can't even walk two feet into the thicket you know it, it is. It's, it's just incredible an, how they do what they do. I was to say it is, and it's really incredible. Just the animal that we're trying to pursue, and it's truly a blessing when we do shoot an animal, just for the reason Cody said. You know, you beat that animal at its own game. Yeah. And you should be proud of it because Cody hit on the two things I was going to bring up. You know, a lot of people get into it and they forget twelve years ago that hundred and ten inch buck that they shot, and they were proud as hell about. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, how much work goes into it. I don't care how hard or, you know, how hard or, um, you know, how long you went without shooting one. When you finally get it done, I mean, you got to be proud as hell about it. Oh, yeah. You should be. You have to be. I mean, it's respect for what you're doing. 
if you're not proud of, if you're not satisfied and proud of what you did, then why are you doing it? I would say you're in it for the wrong reason at that point. Yeah. If you shoot a 110 buck and you walk up to it and you, oh, that's only 110, you shouldn't be out there. Right, right. That's not what it's for. You made the decision to shoot that 110. You got to be happy about it. Yep, you know, we, we always say on here, you know, at, at some point that something in that situation told you to shoot that deer, whether your heart was pumping, whether you thought it was, you know, a different deer or whatever. I mean, you decided to pull the trigger on it, so you're, you're going you're gonna to have to own it when, when it all goes down. Yeah. My heart gets pumping just as much when a doe walks in as it does when a buck walks in. Yeah, Cody's kind of, uh, I mean, he's kind of the same way, but I'm more so. Man, when I'm out there bow hunting and a, and a doe's coming in hard, I get jacked up. It might as well be a 150 coming in. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a couple pretty decent bucks when I've been out hunting, and I get just as fired up when a doe walks in. It It doesn't matter to me. I mean, at the end of the, the hunt, it comes down to putting that meat in my freezer. That's what it's about. If it happens to be a big buck that I get to show off, great. If it happens to be a small buck, I'm going to show it off just the same because I'm going to be just as proud of it. It's an achievement. Hell yeah. Dude, if you share Forked Horn on your page, I'm sharing it on White to Legacy Podcast. Dude, well, I can't shoot a fork and horn because we have an antler restriction oh, here. But. They, yeah, so they got the antler restriction and they can't hunt on Sunday. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sounds like I will not be living in that state. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what. It, they started the antler restriction. Oh, I don't even know how. It was 10-ish years ago, maybe a little bit more. And everybody threw a fit about it when they started it. But... Before they started that, it was pretty rare to see a halfway decent buck, let alone a buck at all. And since they started that, the buck population is way up, and you see a lot more better class bucks. It kind of sucks when they're coming in, and you got to sit there and look at it and count points, but it's definitely helped the population. So is it a, a point restriction or a width restriction? I can't remember if what which one Pennsylvania is. It's point. There's two different, um, depending on where you're at in the state, there's two different ways you got to do it. Some of the state, it's three points on one side, and some of the state, it is three points up, not including the brow time. So where I'm at right now, it's three up, so it has to have a G2, G3, and a main beam. Okay. The brow time doesn't matter. Got to be a sixer, right? It could, no. be a, it could be a half rack, three or four point, whether it has a brow oh, time or not, okay. or four, seven, whatever, or seven long, or eight. As long as it's got three on one side. Is that it what has to have three on one side, not including the brow time, yeah. Okay. So there's also some state out, out east there, and they have to have a 16-inch minimum spread. Yeah. Well, that, I would really, I would hate to be in that state, because how are you supposed yeah, to measure I that? Remember, I, I heard it on some podcast, and I can't remember which one it was, but there's a state, and they have a width restriction. 
Yeah, I couldn't do that. I'd have to take a ruler with me and be like, nah, it's close. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has to be one inch long to count as a point. That's relatively easy to judge, but how are you supposed to judge width? I have no idea. Outside its ears, maybe? Something like that? Yeah, that's, that'd be difficult. Yeah, for sure. This is fun, man. Yeah. Just getting different. A little different. different. Yeah, just getting the feel out there. And I know there's it's going to be cool because people are going to be listening to this, and there's going to be completely different ball sides of the ball game. But like we say, most hunters are good people. There's a few people that aren't, you know, they're in it for the wrong reason. But most people are in it because, which blows me away, because, like, on ours, we get, we get like, sad faces and stuff on some of my posts on Twitter and stuff. And then I've been turned in already for, you know, a picture and they don't understand that we love these animals. You know, like we, that I think about them like every day, you know. It's like, you know, I just, they don't understand that, how you can love something but want to go kill it and eat it. But Yeah, that's, I mean, the stereotypical hunter, which really is pretty much no hunter at all, these people, anti hunting people think that we're just bloodthirsty murderers who don't care at all about wildlife or animals in general and that really is nobody there's pretty much no hunters at all that are that way i mean i've got three dogs and a cat and i love them just like my stinking kids i love animals but i also love to eat them i say they just happen to taste real good yeah i know <laughs> medium <Yeah>. rare <laughs> That's I mean, one I'm not thing. Gonna, yeah. I'm not going to eat my dogs and cat, but I love animals. But, I mean, and it's like 97% of the population eat meat, but yet only 6% hunt. I know. That's insane. What's the difference? Th- that vegan that's listened just turned us off. Yeah, he's like, meh. <laughs> well, <laughs> that vegan probably kills more animals than we do. Yeah, I know. They don't understand how much, how much they're... Uh, soybean fields and whatever else how many animals they kill every year i was say he's eating their food <laughs> yeah i mean there's millions and millions you get down to insects or rodents or whatever else a farmer in big agriculture is killing millions of animals and these vegans because they're not doing it themselves think that they have a hand in it Oh, there he is. No, there's the dog. <laughs> What's the dog's name? We'll get him live on the podcast. <laughs> oh, there's three of them. There's Rocky, Dozer, and Audie. <laughs> All right, man. Well, they're they're live. <laughs> yeah, somebody's beast outside. But it's it's a big misconception, and I mean, I don't eat a whole lot of grocery store bought meat anymore, unless I run out of deer meat, which is a tragedy. But a lot of people do, and they, I mean, there's literally people out there that think that meat is made in a grocery store. If you're eating meat, an animal is dying regardless. You either go out and do it yourself, or you pay somebody else to do it for you. It's, it's that simple. And when you do it yourself, I think the meat just tastes so much better just because of the fact that I know the accomplishment and the work that went into putting that meat on my table. Yeah, I got my my almost three-year-old, 
every time he eats now, he I tell him what it is, and then he'll ask, you shoot it. <laughs> it's like I've told him, you know, I told him, you know, he understands where it comes from. And then there for a while, if I w- didn't tell him I shot it, he wouldn't eat it. So mm-hmm. we'd be eating like a steak. You shoot it? Yeah, yeah, man. I shot it. <laughs> you know, you got to do what you got to do as a dad with a two-year-old. Is he, like, yeah. asking of you, like, eating mashed potatoes? Yeah, no, it's, it's got to be meat. Oh, just he meat? He understands that it's meat, but yeah. It's like, any it, pig, he understands I don't shoot pigs now, but it, cows. Well, you might, you're going to. Yeah, steak, he's confused at, but, but yeah, he always asks, you know, do you shoot it? I said, yeah, and he goes, oh, you know, he's always like, yummy, you know, because I want to instill that in at his young age to know that that's the main goal, and then antlers are a bonus, you know. Yeah. But I'm glad we got we went through that. I think that's something that a lot of people should hear and think about where they're at, you know, on yeah. it. But mm-hmm. we got another thing on our list that I want to touch up. I want I want to talk about staffs, man. I think that's something that <laughs> can go either way, and I think we could be on this one for like hours, <laughs> you know. And uh, I get it for some people. I get it for some companies. That's what I want to say. I get it for some companies, right? But yeah. some companies I don't, you know. And uh, some companies, you know, I'm I'm on a staff, and uh, they treat us really good. I mean, we're on I'm on Luminox staff, been there for a while. Uh, I'm proud of it. I they treat us really good. Um, it's something that I used anyways for a long time. So uh, I know the the guy personally, and he asked me if I would do it, and I said, yeah, I'd love to help the company grow. Uh, I think what do they have, homie? Two hundred staff. Yeah. You know, they got 200 staff in the United States. So I think when it's like that, it's it's okay. You're helping a company grow if you believe in the product that you're doing and you're not just doing it to post that you're on a staff. But it's the companies that have 10,000 staff, you know, that, that I don't like. Yeah. I, I feel like they're doing it for the same reason, but they're also doing it to make money and make the people feel like they're entitled or feel like they're valued. You know, that, is that how I should say it? Um, I don't know if it's valued, but, you know, like, that they're they got them something. hooked. Yeah, they yeah, got them they're... hooked, you know. Oh, you only have to use us as this company. But, but you know, probably three-quarters of the people, you know, actually, actually have used that product for years and years, you know. And the other quarter is just they just want to be a part of something, which that's cool, too. Like, I mean, everybody wants to be a part of something. That gives you something to, to live for, you know. I would almost reverse your stats on that from what I've seen. Seems like three-quarter of them haven't really used the product and are just there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be. It, yeah. It depends on which company it is, but. Yeah, I think it, I think it varies, varies by company. I don't really know. I haven't staffed for, like, a lot of people places, so I don't really know yeah. what the actual. I just know for, like, Luminoc. I know kind of you know how they roll but yeah like, i haven't seen one post in there that somebody said oh you know what is this or that like they all know what luminoc is they know how to use it and um you know everybody's pumped up to be in there and to be a part of the team i've been in a couple of staff well yeah a couple of staff groups on facebook where there's literally been people post what is this and why am i here <laughs> like you were just added to the field staff group just because. Right, right. And that's, <laughs> I don't understand it. 
but even the people that do want to be there, I mean, I've seen both of you guys post stuff for Luminoc just in the past couple of days, and that's what you're supposed to do. If you're on a staff for a company, your job is to use and promote their products in order to help grow their business. But a lot of them just use their staffs to sell their product too. And they don't care if these people are promoting their companies or whatever. And there's a lot of people out there that just want to get on every staff that they can get on just to add it to their resume or whatever that they're on a staff and they don't do anything to promote a company. I've seen people that are on 15 to 20 field staffs and yet I haven't seen one post that they've made representing that company. So why are you doing it? What is the point? I mean, I don't know if they think they're going to get like Insta famous or something, but I, I think at that it, point it just goes back to, you know, what we said, you know, they just want to be a part of something, you know, they, they just want to say, well, I'm part of this company. And, you know, I mean, you're not really. I mean, you are, but you're not. You know. I mean, yeah. It's a weird. I, it's a weird thing. I think, I think people do it to, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams and there's a lot of podcasts starting up and they all want to grow and they all want to achieve things. You know, so a big things. You know, anybody out there that's thinking about getting on a staff, we don't want to defer you to doing it, but it's not a it's not a super glamorous thing. You know, you're there. Um, some give free stuff. Some give discounts there's different level discounts and it gets really messy so in the long run it if you're going to go on a staff you have to believe in that product 100 percent. and it's not something that you're gonna it's not something that you're gonna do for a year and then say oh yeah i'm done you know it's something that it's kind of like a you know a lifestyle choice you know i we shoot luminox they're they're literally how many miles away from where we're recording 30 miles uh yeah they're 30 miles away. You know, I've talked to the owner. I, I, we know, we know the staff director. I mean, he, he, he's asking us if we want to go on hunts and stuff on Facebook. You know, the guy is a super cool guy, but some staffs aren't like that. But it's, it's kind of like a lifestyle choice. If you're gonna rep a product, you better believe in it, for one, and for two, it's, it's basically work. You know, what I mean, it's, it's, yep. you know, you're you, pro staff or staff, whatever you are. You are a promotional staff. You're not a pro hunter. You're a promotional staff. So that's a big misconception on pro staffs. A lot of people do not understand. It yeah. is not pro- a lot of them. It is not professional. It is promotional. Yeah, it's promotional staff. That's what you are. That's your title. You know. Yes. So when you walk into one, you kind of got to expect to get out of it what you put in. You know. And, and if you're not doing what they ask, and and me and me and Ryan, you know, we got or homie, we got into this. You know, and we have. You know, we have some awesome partners, some partners that we're not staff on and some partners that we are. And we we don't uh, associate Luminoc as a sponsor of this podcast. That's just something that we're doing for them because we believe in that company. And we believe that a small local company, just like the veteran broadhead, you know, a small veteran company should get more rep than huge name brand companies, you know. And that's why we're doing it for them. 
but the huge, the huge name brand companies they don't they don't really need any more representation they've got it they're in catalogs magazines tv shows they have the outreach that they need it's the small companies that i mean they need the help to get started and get their name out there but you're right you said if you're a staff for a company it's a job you're working for them and your compensation is either free product or discounted product if you're not doing what you're supposed to do as a staff member you shouldn't be getting that yeah i believe that 100 yeah, percent. you know that that's is. that's and know. i don't even understand how some of these companies that have several thousand staff members like how can you even afford to give a discount to that many people and still make a decent profit it's got to be minute you know yeah. percent or something you know, but yeah, I was just say I don't want you guys to get on a staff or you know whatever. And I, you know you, you might be on a staff, you might not be, or you might be thinking about it. But just don't get in there and think you're gonna get half off, or you're gonna get seventy five percent off, or you're gonna get a ton of free stuff, and you're gonna be set you know every year that you go hunting because it, it's not like that. And just like you said, Jeremiah, you know you have to put in the work. Or sometimes these staffs will, or these companies, they'll kick you out because you're not doing your part. You know, you, you basically sign an agreement or you have an understanding that you're going to post about it. You're going to refer people to this company, use this product, and, and uh, go about it like that. And if you don't do it, sometimes they'll just, they'll just dismiss you. Which is rightfully so. so yeah, they which should. they should. Yeah, it's kind of, it's a, it's a foggy topic, you know, and... And it's a, I see a lot of it, and the more I get into it, the more I see it, you know. We were actually just talking about this today, weren't we? Yeah, we've been offered staff for a couple places, and we've turned it down just because it's not, you know, what we want to do because we don't, you know, we we don't mind repping a product if we agree with it, but if it's not something that we're going to use all season or every year, it's not something that we want to be a part of, you know, and that's where people have to decide is this something that I really want to do or is this something that I want to tag on a picture, you know, but if, Hey, if you have, if you have 10 field staff and you're proud of every one of those field staff, rep them, man, if yeah. that's what you want to do, because, because most people, you have to start on a staff. I mean, you don't, you don't get paid sponsor. You can't just show up to the game and say, Hey man, you know, I want, I want paid, you know, you, you got to prove yourself. And the only way to prove yourself is start somewhere. Yeah, you got to work your ass off to get there. And And like you guys said, I don't, I'm not trying to discourage anybody from joining a staff or whatever. I've, I've been on a couple, I've left all but one of them at this point. I haven't been on social media that long, really. I'm just under two years and getting into the whole hunting section of that a lot less time. But since I've gotten into it and seen what's all out there, it's just like, is this stuff for real? Like, I don't understand how half of it makes any sense. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna be part of a company, which joining a field staff or pro staff, whatever they call it, you're being part of that company. You need to believe in it. You need to use it, and you need to represent it. It's. Yeah, I, I believe in that 100%. Just like Cody said, you know, it's a lifestyle. You have to be okay with, um, you know, posting on your on your personal page one to two to, you know, five times a week. You know, some companies might be that extreme. 
and you know yeah. you got to do your part or you know and if i wasn't i would feel weird about you know getting a discount just like you said you know you, you need to put in the work that's the way i view it well that's the way a lot of that's the way it should be viewed in my point in my opinion I mean, there's not a lot of people in America who don't look at it that way, but that comes back to your work ethic and how you were raised and all that. I mean, you should work for what you earn, basically. But for sure, well, I think we should move on. We talked a lot yeah, about we hammered a lot that of, pretty good. We talked about a lot of taboo stuff on this episode, which I like. It's different, but. I know you shoot a lot of 3D. I know you shoot a, your bow a lot. So I'd like to go over kind of how you practice and uh, what makes you uh, a better bow hunter, you know? Well, nothing makes me a better bow hunter. <laughs> um, time. I'm lacking in that department, but it's a it's a learning time experience and, every time. Time and luck. Yeah. yeah. Um, I shoot all the time. For one, I love it. For two, when I go out in the woods and my intention is to shoot an animal, I want to be the absolute best that I can possibly be. And I don't think that just picking up your bow two weeks or a month before season, I don't think you're doing that animal justice when you go out there and try to take its life. I shoot all year long. I'm not going to say every day, but three, four times a week all year long and I can't say everybody needs to do that but I think a lot of people should do that just I mean the way to be the best you can be is doing it all the time and when you set your bow down and you don't shoot for a month or whatever you lose a little bit whether you realize it or not. And a lot of people can pick up their bow a month before season and start shooting and think that they're doing great. But in all reality, if they'd shoot all year long, they would see just how much better they could do. And you owe that to the animal you're chasing. So I don't ever put mine down. It's just, it's grown to be part of what I do. But along with that, you got to have a properly tuned bow. And like a lot of people screw broadheads on shortly before season, and then they're adjusting their sight or their rest. You shouldn't really have to do that. If your bow is tuned properly, when you put a broadhead on, any good quality broadhead, no matter fixed blade or mechanical, it should shoot pretty darn close to what a field point shoots. I mean, give or take an inch or so. If you're outside of that, your bow is probably not tuned right. So you need to have that done and make sure that everything is set the way it should be set in order to shoot the best you can shoot. And I think that's a highly overlooked piece of practice and preparation towards bow hunting. Well, you're shooting a Hoyt, so I'd shoot it every day, too. <laughs> oh, now we're going to get into that, huh? <laughs> hey, I had to. Hoyt's the way to go. Uh, 
Well, when it comes to that, I mean, that's what I shoot right now. That's what I'm comfortable shooting. I like it. I could pick up a different bow tomorrow and be like, hey, this shoots better. Yeah, I liked your comment there the other day I seen. Um, you know, you're not subscribing to buying a new bow every year. You know, you're shooting the Power Max, and, you know, that's fitting you, and you're loving it right now, and that's what you're shooting. And, you know, you're not buying into having to get a new bow and keep up with everybody else. You know, you're doing you, and you're loving what you're doing. Yeah, I don't – if I was a, a hardcore target archer, which, like you said, I shoot 3D – I try to do it as much as I can, but the only reason I do that is just to get out of the backyard to practice. I mean, I don't really get into it for actual target archery purposes. If I was doing that, then I probably wouldn't shoot the bow that I shoot, and I would have a target bow with... uh, I don't know how you say it really, but just a better bow for target archery. With like a 96-inch stabilizer? <laughs> well, that, but I mean, you get, like my bow has composite limb pockets. It's got a cable slide instead of the roller guard. All that stuff, for a hunting aspect, I don't think it plays that much of a difference. When you get into target archery, those very... Uh, fine details do play they do come into effect oh yeah yeah when you're I, trying to be, I shoot a Matthews. To shoot a, go ahead if you're trying to shoot a dime at 50 yards then those little fine details make a difference oh yeah for sure if you're trying to hit a nine inch kill zone on a whitetail it don't really matter yeah if you can put your arrow in there that's what counts People doing I mean, it. People I wanna, doing it with self bows. So, I mean. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I want to be as absolutely accurate as possible, but for my application, I don't need to go spend fifteen hundred dollars on a bow and another thousand dollars on accessories. It's not reasonable or justifiable, in my opinion. I can get it done with the cheaper stuff. I don't go as cheap as possible, but I also don't need to spend $3,000 on the setup. Yeah, I shoot a, a Matthews Mission. It's three, four years, going four. on four years yeah. old, yeah. And uh, I take it to 3D. I shoot fairly well, not, you know, not extraordinary crazy, but a lot of people are like, what are you still shooting that thing for? I'm like, well, uh, I've killed three bucks with the last three years, multiple does, three turkeys uh never let me down yet i was talking to homie earlier in the year and i planned on buying a new bow that was what i was going to do this year i was going to buy a new bow and i was going through the whole you know i'm not brand specific at all you know i'm kind of one of those guys that when i walk in and i shoot something and i like it i'm gonna buy it so uh i kind of had one picked out that i wanted to go shoot and then i started shooting my old bow and then i was like you know what i'm gonna keep it (laughs) you know it just like you said, it's what you you you're used to it. It feels good to me. It's nothing special. I mean, I you I bet I bet you I couldn't sell it online for four hundred bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not. I mean, it's nothing crazy, but I'm successfully getting it done with that bow. So, and I shoot I just, it. I shoot in the backyard. I feel great. You know, and 
just you know i i don't think i need to change so i did the same thing this spring i was thinking about selling mine and when the new hoyts come out last fall the rx1 and the hyperforce all the older defiance started selling pretty cheap and i thought about selling mine and trying to pick up a defiant and while well, i was eight, i was even looking at um an elite a bear a prime and i was talking to my Bowtech, who i also shoot 3d with i was talking to him about it and he's like dude you shoot what you have great you're comfortable with what you have why change and like you're right why would i change i don't have top of the line but i'm comfortable with it and i shoot it good so i'm sticking with it and the whole uh, and people buy new bows every year and if if that's your thing then fine do it but i don't see the need for it in a lot of cases and i don't think that it should be pushed that that's what you should do if there's no need for it right i mean i got a, a hoyt carbon defiant last year guy um when they made crossbows legal in illinois um he just bought it brand new the year before and uh, he was selling everything getting a crossbow but the bow I had before that was my very first bow. is a PSE Nova, brand new in 2003. I shot it all the way up to 2016. So, I mean, that bow is 13, 14 years old. And the only reason I upgraded is because I shot a buck right in the shoulder. And, you know, I didn't get very much penetration. But I'd had that bow since I was 15, 16 years old. And, you know, just like you said with your bow tech, you shoot it really good. You're confident with it, and you're comfortable. So why Did you just call my Hoyt a Bowtech? No, no, no. I said when you were with your Bowtech shooting, you know, and he said, hey, you don't need to oh, change okay. your bow. <laughs> no, I would never do that. Um, okay. <laughs> but, you know, I, sh I shot it really good. I was confident with it. I've killed plenty of deer with it. And, um, you know, it hadn't let me down. It's just, you know, I was 16. I was a, a smaller kid. And I'd never turned up the poundage on it or anything, you know, so I was still shooting a lower poundage. And, um, you know, it come back to bite me one day, and then um, then I decided, yep, you know, this bow's, this bow's give me all it's worth. You know, I've, I've got my money and my use out of it. It's time to time to move up. Still got it, right? Bowfish yep, and bow? Yep, still got it. Bowfish and bow now. Heck, yeah. There's nothing wrong with moving up at all. I mean, that's not what I'm trying to say. But, I mean... I think it's a waste of money in a lot of aspects like bow technology within the last five, 10 years, it really hasn't gotten that much better. There's, there's nothing coming out this year. That's really too much better than last year. And the price just keeps going up. Yeah. It's skyrocketing. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And I mean, that was the main reason I went, the main reason I bought the power max it was $500 for the bare bow, which for me and a lot of other people, that's a pretty big investment. You compare that to the twelve dollars or $1,300 that the Defiance were at the time, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, and I just made that little comment about you calling my Hoyt a bow tech. <laughs> Brands don't matter. If you go and look at any 
big name, reputable bow company, they're all good. Every single one of them. If they are still in business today and have been in business for a while, they're obviously making a good product. The bow picks you, you don't pick the bow. Exactly, yep. When it comes to, when you pick that up, like, I don't like Matthews simply because when I pick them up, I don't like the way it feels in my hand. I don't like Bowtex because I've had a couple, and I don't like the draw cycle on them. It doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means they don't, they're not comfortable for me. When I shot the Hoyt, I liked it, so I bought it. Yep. And my next bow, when I do decide to go buy one, it might be a Hoyt. It might not be. I don't know. But, I mean, some people get so brand loyal, really for no reason. If you're not sponsored by a company and they're doing nothing for you, why are you so brand loyal? Why don't you find what is absolutely best for you, regardless of what the name says? But like you said with the, the poundage, I think you should shoot the absolute highest poundage you can to drive as much energy through the arrow as possible. And, I mean, you don't need, for whitetails where, like I hunt here, you don't really need a whole lot. Our minimum draw weight on bows here is 35 pounds to hunt with. I could go out there with my wife's bow right now is set at 35 pounds. I could hunt with that and it'd be legal. It could kill a deer, but I shoot 70 pounds with no problem. That's going to put twice the amount of force behind that arrow penetrating into the animal to do a more efficient job. And, I mean, a lot of other stuff comes into effect there, but. Oh, yeah. Buying a bow and it's just a never, I mean, like you said, the best, you said the best thing you possibly could is the bow chooses you, you don't choose the bow. So, go shoot a bunch of different stuff and figure out what you like and uh, don't listen to the famous people saying shoot this bow because, you know, most of them are getting paid to do it. Unless yeah, they, you, can, you can tell if someone really digs what they're promoting. You know, you can just tell it in their voice. You can tell it in how they promote it. You know, it's just, it's not, and you can tell who's being phony, you know? Yeah, for pretty sure. Spot, yeah. But. Pretty much, if somebody famous is saying you should shoot this bow, they're definitely getting paid by that company. And there's nothing wrong with that. To an extent, I mean, I don't think they should be giving the impression that it's the best bow on the market because they're all good. But... It's not the best for everybody. Yep. Sure. All right, man. We're an hour deep here. Let's talk about mo modern bow hunter. Let's get modern it out bow. there. Well, that's a page I started. I have Facebook and Instagram. Um, it's basically, when I first started it, it was because... Like I said, when I got into bow hunting, I had no direction or source of knowledge. And by no means am I an expert or know everything or whatever, but I wanted to 
try to do my part through my learning curve to help other people who are getting into it, maybe give them a source of information to help them out. And I'm just shy of a year into it and pretty happy with where it's grown to. Didn't think it would get this far, but I mean, it's grown into a little bit more of like what else we've been talking about here with why I hunt and all the controversial side of it. Yeah, that's one thing I will say to listeners. Uh, you put a lot of your writings on there. I dig that a lot. Uh, I've actually wrote a little bit because of your writings, which is cool. Where are those at? Because I, I need to read them. Uh, they're in the archives, man. <laughs> you need to post that. Uh, I might send it to you. I'm not going to post it yet. I'm not, right. I'm not a writer. <laughs> but uh, I, I I like to write stuff down because, uh, you know, it's it's – it's just like doing a podcast. It's just a different way to express yourself and yeah. uh, makes you think about, you know, think about the stuff that you're writing down more. There's one that I wrote down that I'm going to read about November 7th when it's about 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. and I haven't seen a buck and it's like uh, 10 degrees out. I'm going to just read it to myself, you know. That'd be a good one. You know, I mean, it's just, just stuff, stuff like that. It's just self-motivation. That's what a lot of your website or Facebook page is about. You know, there's a lot of, lot of good uh, articles on there, a lot of good writings, uh, different stuff, just like this podcast that people don't really talk about. They might be afraid to talk about because it's kind of like you might upset somebody's feelings. I'm like, upset right now. Like on this podcast, <laughs> I feel like we upset someone's feelings. I mean, I, I think we did. But I think well, this is stuff that should be talked <laughs> about. And the best thing about us and, and the people that, you know, make this show possible is... They give us free range, you know what I mean? And and if we want to talk about it and we think it should be talked about, you know, we, we had a whole episode about a guy missing a deer. You know, mm. no, no one would ever do that. You know, I mean, that's just not something that people would, no one would ever. No one would ever do that, but everybody misses deer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why when that guy showed us that, we like, we, dude, we have to podcast about this because it wasn't a successful hunt. But it was more successful probably because you didn't shoot that deer than it would have been if you did. Because you learned yeah. so much and your drive was so much more, you know. And that's why we're like, we got to do it. So we kind of like to push the envelope on this a little bit and hit stuff that people don't really talk about. Because like I said, our listener base is phenomenal. I mean, we're blown away by it. And there is a ton of podcasts out there to listen to. You know what I mean? So we got to bring something different to the table and I feel like we, we did this, and I feel like your page, there's a ton of hunting pages. A ton, you know? And I feel like your page, you know, a lot of them just bring good pictures or, you know, articles that other people wrote and stuff. But you're putting out your own stuff, your own take on stuff. So you're not only putting the good pictures, but you're representing it in the right way with your own words. So I think, you know, just like we try to be different, you're being different, and that's why you have the following that you have is because people are recognizing that you're showing, you know, a different side of hunting than all the thousand other pages that are out there. Well, I really appreciate you saying that, and some of the stuff that I post before I post it, like, it takes me a while to write half the stuff that I write because I'm not good with words or talking or this 
podcast has been kind of hard for me to get through, but when I write stuff, it takes me a while. And before I post it, I'll think about it. And well, what if somebody doesn't like this? Well, what if this send causes, it. <laughs> what if this causes a debate? Yeah. Send it because you know, what did I have before I started this? Nothing. I didn't have any, not that I'm anywhere in the outdoor industry, but I didn't have anything to start with. So if somebody doesn't like it, I don't lose anything. So what? Yep. But a lot of people have liked what I've done. And that's a big surprise to me, really, with the way I see things going on social media. It's really surprising that people have been so receptive to what I've done. But it's also a big relief that I'm not the only one that thinks the way that I do. Yeah, like I said, I think there's everybody's normally a good person. But all it takes is that is one post, one negative person, and that that whoever put that post and whoever's reading through their comment, they're gonna re- remember that one negative post over the hundred positive posts. One guy can bring the whole ship down by putting some and same thing like you said with people that are against hunting. One bad person putting a post up or doing something unethical or breaking the laws, you know, and stuff like that, that puts a bad rep on all of us. That's why I think you're getting a following that you are because most of the people, especially since we made connections with this podcast, most people out there are trying to do the right thing and they love hunting and whitetail deer just as much as me and homie do, you know? Yeah. That's one of the number one things about this podcast is just connections that we get to meet. Like me and you, we would have never talked before if we didn't have this podcast. You know, yeah. It's just, if we didn't have the podcast and I didn't have the page, we yeah, you we would have never met. You know, I mean, you're in Kentucky and we're in Central Illinois. <laughs> He's in Pennsylvania. Oh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> hey, hey, the next hey, guy coming. Like to be in Kentucky. The next guy coming on the podcast is Kentucky. I get <laughs> I get confused, man. We got a lot of stuff going on here. So how many Bush lights have you had today? None. I've had none. I had two. Uh, <laughs> Sam Adams. Yeah. I've only had two. I'm like actually like one in. Seven, eight. Seven, eights. Eights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we nailed the percentage on that right off the bat. <laughs> but so uh what let's get your message behind Modern Bow Hunter and uh then we're gonna wrap this up, man. Well, my message is basically what this whole podcast has been about. Just trying to show and promote the ethical moral side of hunting and what that is in my opinion that it's not all about how many inches whatever animal scores whether it's deer turkey elk moose bear whatever whenever you're out hunting these species everybody wants to know how many inches the antlers were how long the beard was how long the spurs were how big the skull was None of that stuff matters. It's that's all. Uh, I don't know. What I'm trying to say irrelevant to what you're it's trying. It's not irrelevant. It's not irrelevant, but it's a bonus. Like there you go. Yeah. Do it for the experience. Do it for the food that it provides for you and your family. Do it for your own reasons. I mean, if that's what your reasons are, it's legal, so fine. But 
human beings have survived for however long you believe we've been around because we've been hunting animals and eating meat. That's what it comes down to. That's what it's about. Enjoy the experience and the time in the woods. Do what you do for your own reasons and just don't let other people's opinions get to you. That's a good message, man. Good way to wrap this thing up. You know, that's what exactly what your page is. It's inform it's a informal page. Uh like I said, it's it's full of uh taboo topics, which I kinda like sometimes. I know I say taboo, but it kinda is, you know. People don't like to talk about this stuff because they're like, Oh, someone's gonna get mad or and you're not afraid yes. to, you're not afraid just like you say to say, Well, you know, I'm gonna send it because this is what I believe. And guess the be- like the best thing about this podcast is someone doesn't like it, they don't have to listen or they don't have to follow. You know, just yeah. like your page. They don't have to read your article, but there's going to be, you know, we know one guy specifically that you motivated to write too. You know, he's a good friend of us from this podcast. You know, yeah, and, and I've he, become friends with him too. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, and it like, just like this, if he wouldn't have seen your page, he would have never done that. You know, he I'm, messaged me and said that because of you guys and me, he chose to start doing stuff for himself. And, I mean, that's just, I just wanted to put an idea in people's heads, but to give somebody a motivation to do something? Yeah, we, we've got message where people, like, are are injured and they live hunting through all the stories that we tell on this podcast. Uh, I mean, we got stories of people who, you know, say, hey, your, your veteran shout-out really meant something to me, you know, and we got stories of, you know, people are texting us and saying, Hey man, thanks for sharing our story, your story. It really touched me. I mean, that, that's, that's why we do this stuff. You know, we're not famous. You know, we're not, we're not going to be famous because <laughs> if people knew, like they, they hear our voice, but I mean, we're just like two normal ass dudes that struggle through this. <laughs> Dude, we're trying to make a website, man. She, if I didn't have, if I didn't have homie, that would be, I don't, I don't have to pay someone to do it, and that'd be it. <laughs> I'm paying him in cold bush lights, and and uh, and and, it, and I told him he can hunt my lease a couple couple days this year, so I think that's why I'll he's doing it. I'll take that all day. <laughs> well, that's worth it. You're yeah. even giving him that secret spot that you uh, you're not wanting to yeah. give up your spot for. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hung a brand new set for him, man. That I've never a piece that I've never hunted. That's just giant buck sign everywhere we need to go back and revisit the you hung a stand portion of that statement because it was brutal watching you hang that yeah yeah. it was hot (laughs) it was hot and it was brutal but yeah yeah i hung a stand for homie i'll I'll hunt it too but we hung it in his his spot and uh we already got a nice buck on trail cam we hung trail cam we already got a real nice shooter buck on trail cam right there so that's true friendship got good 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 potential so we appreciate you coming on, man. We're glad we made this connection. Uh, like we always say, don't be afraid to message us. Let us know how your season's going. Let us know how your page is going. Um, we'll make sure and share it out there for uh, for everybody to see and keep writing those articles because I like sharing them on our page too because if I if I relate to one, um, I'm going to share it because I can do that because it's my page. <laughs> so Well, you guys keep up what you're doing too because uh, it gets me through the work day, so keep it up. Heck right yeah. on, man. We appreciate that. Like we always say, man, we appreciate you listeners. You guys are rocking it. Um, we can't say enough to you guys. 
We love you. Keep hitting that play button. Whitetail Legacy out.